Wow. Songs like that, they just bring healing. You know, I love to see words, songs sung in Spanish and then translated in English like that. How many of you know that that spirit is ascending on all of us? You know, he's falling, cayendo, he's falling on all of us. How many of you know that you can agree and say, I need the Holy Spirit. I need God to help me through my life. We, we had a beautiful time yesterday saying goodbye to our dear friend Jerry Panetta. We, uh, we believed with all of our heart for his healing. Uh, the office uh, overruled us. And uh, so I know that Pastor Jamie is carrying on and we're going to be working strong with, with Jamie. There's a growing church and, and every week uh, people are being born again. There's a, there's a uh, market that uh, we, when we first went to Cabo, we, we uh, bought food from there. It's called Se 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 and it, uh, it's now called Chedraui. And, uh, and so... Uh, Jamie was hearing that a lady said, my husband's really distraught. And um, she, she said, well, you know, I'd be glad to see him. And so he was the inheritor of the, the Say 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 markets and apparently had maybe entered into a uh, business agreement where there was some loss. But how many of you know that rich and poor need Jesus Christ? You know, sometimes we think that, well, you know, only the poor are going to hear the gospel. No, we have needs. We need help. And uh, you can be distraught over a lot of things. Things that you did do, things that you didn't do, moves that you did make, moves that you didn't make, and you waited too long. And, and we need to have meaning in our life. And so that's what's going on. There's uh, a lot of people that are... are you know, being really moved in government and other things that are just being attracted to this church of 115 to 120 people. And, and so what Jerry planted is growing and growing well. So best thing that we can do to honor our brother is just keep it up. We don't like to quit anything. I have a trick question for you. Shifting gears from that beautiful song. Now it's just my shrill voice. How many of you are currently in a relationship? Raise your hand. Okay, wow. How many of you are not in a current relationship? Raise your hand. It's a trick question, okay? Okay. I'm here to tell you you're wrong. We're all in relationships. Well, what do you mean? Well, I have a relationship with my sisters, my brother, the church. The medical community, especially when I'm naughty and don't take care of myself. I've got lots of relationships, and so do you. Wow. Now, I've got some, some humorous counsel before I get into the more serious part of the teaching. How many of you have a Facebook account, right? How many of you are embarrassed to admit that? Okay. Have you ever noticed that there's a spot for relationships there, right? No matter what your status, I suggest that you always put there complicated. 
I'm single. It's, it's complicated. I'm married. I'm married and it's complicated. How do you know if you're married it's complicated? You've got to wake up every day and try to navigate one another and to be good. In the next number of weeks, five weeks specifically, it'll take us six weeks because we have city night with Pastor Barry Thiessen. That's going to be a, a great time. Uh, we've known Barry for a number of years. He's really uh, just an upcoming, just sharp young leader, and he's working in a church in Chilliwack, British Columbia, at, uh, and uh, doing a great job there. And he's going to be here for city night, and that's going to be a blast. Did you know we're going to have a lot of youth here, but but even us uh, viejos, us old guys, we can come. I come in the back, and when the youth are all bopping, I just head dance. Just, you don't even have to move your feet. Just kind of go, yeah. So it's going to be a great time. But in all of the Sundays around that, we're going to be talking about relationships, and not specifically about romantic relationships, but just relating to people in life. Because, you know, some people seem to get relationships so easy, and then there's the rest of us. And maybe this is easy, this relationship, but this here is difficult, and that relationship is here. I believe God wants to give us principles of how to, how to manage our relationships that God has given to us. In fact, uh, I was thinking of the fact that <laughs> we have some assembly that's required even in our relationships. You know, some folk think, well, you know, relationship, it's so easy. I, I, I've got this. No, you don't. Some assembly is required. So I was thinking of all the, like, the manuals we have around here. You know, like the easy blender manual from, from we took this from the kitchen here, uh, the blend tech. I think one of the uh, suggestions here is please don't use this blender with your goldfish. It's just not good counsel. Uh, also, too, when you, when you puree things, please put the top on it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Here's uh, Fetco Thermal Dispenser. You know, uh, when we have uh, portable coffee stations, uh, like at the front when we give you free coffee, it's, it's more fun if you're going to get hot coffee to actually have it hot. There's actually a way to, to put your coffee in here to keep it hot. We have a manual for that. Here's our, our uh, I think it's called a PDX. It's our phone system. It actually was tailor-made for us by the company. So it's got our former name, Joy Christian Fellowship. Use of the phone and description of features. I used to laugh at my, my mother-in-law, Carolyn, uh, Carolyn, because she would get like a brand new VCR back when they were first out. And every one of hers uh, flashed 12 all the time. And so we'd go from Medford to San Jose, and I'd say, uh, Carolyn, let me, let me get that fixed for you. And, uh, of course, it would be all set up, and then we would be back in Medford. Somehow the electricity go off, we'd go back, and it's flashing 12. How many of you know if you're going to have an electric alarm clock, you may have to read the manual how to set it? Or it'll be flashing 12. Lots of manuals here. And in life, the Lord has provided a superb manual... And all of you church people know what that is. We call it the Word of God. It's funny. <laughs> people will talk about, yeah, the Word is powerful and the Word is so necessary. And, and we will give lip service to the Word, but we don't always access it. It's kind of like, like that exercise equipment in your room. 
Treadmills make great shirt hangers. That's not what they were designed for. They work better if you actually work the treadmill or your elliptical or whatever you're working on. Uh, relationships can kind of be somewhat like buying something from Ikea. You know, it kind of comes in a box. It looks like, wow, this is going to be easy until you like open it up. And if you don't use that manual, that, that, that uh, bed you bought from Ikea ends up being a dresser drawer. Because you just, and a weird one, because the parts don't fix right. And so uh, if you're going to get something from Ikea or one of those self uh, construction places, you had really better follow it. And it's tedious because it may have been written by someone from another country that doesn't speak English. And so just translate it as best you can and make sure that, that one, A, B, C, and D are followed before you go to two. I've built many things where I get up and I'm happy because I've, looks like I'm um, finishing everything and I've got parts left over. And then when I find out the part that I needed was like 13 steps back, and I have to dismantle the whole thing to get it right. And so in relationships, sometimes we start in a relationship and we do a lot of it wrong. You know, like even raising children. You know, you raise children and it seems so easy because at first it's just like feed them, clean them. But you know, processing, how do you communicate with a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old? And your child that's three is going to be a different level of communication than your 33-year-old. Jake used to be a little kid, and we'd have those little, like, velvet uh, leader hosen and stuff, and, you know, and, and whatever, and we called him Little Lord Fauntleroy. He doesn't like that term anymore. <laughs> you know, you, out, you outgrow it. And you have to, like, shift gears as you go to make sure that you're, you're processing these things. That's why a manual is so important. The best manual for life and relationships is God's Word. God's Word is a manual for, for living for every season, for every age group, and for every person. Proverbs 1, uh, 1 through 7 from the NLT says, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose, the Proverbs, is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. How many of you know that you can easily get the insights of the dummies? You know? Like the person who has no children will give you insights on child rearing. Okay? Don't take health and diet uh, advice from a fat guy. I'm not giving any. Leave me alone. <laughs> Hello? You want good marriage advice? Please don't go counsel someone that's on the edge of a divorce. Find someone that's been married since the dinosaurs roamed the earth. They're going to tell you how to stay married and happy and longer. And that's what the book of Proverbs is, is, is Solomon compiled wisdom to say, hey, we can, we can get some wisdom and some truth so that you can have a successful journey and not a train wreck and not a disaster to help them understand the insights of, of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them to do what is right, just, and fair. Wow. I don't know about you, but I have a heavy addictive nature that I prefer success over failure. Yeah. 
Let me just give you a simple example. When I drive up, one day we drove to one of our favorite restaurants. It's called Tortaloca. And Nacho was gone. He was there. There's, his taco truck was gone. And we felt bad. We failed. <laughs> successful, as John can tell you, is to go there and then buy 30 tacos at a time. Now that's success. People think that success has got to be some grandiose thing. Sometimes it's just a matter of getting your schedule done on a Saturday. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to clean this. I want to take this by the goodwill. I want to do that. And when you get that done during the day, you go, wow, I feel good. It was a successful journey. But then how about you multiply that times days, weeks, months, years for the rest of your life to where you, you, you live your life and you're doing what's right, what's just, what's fair, and you're living a disciplined life. What's a disciplined life? It isn't flogging yourself. It's doing the things that don't just dismantle everything that you've tried to do. Right? Right? You don't want to have self-sabotaging behavior. You want to live a disciplined life. And that's what the Bible does, or the Proverbs from out of the Bible. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise, they reject wisdom and discipline. Now the message paraphrase also uh, is really good at giving us some insights into what this is saying. And so in Proverbs chapter 1, uh, from the message, it said, These are the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel's king, written down so we'll know how to live well and right. <laughs> Say, live well and right. <laughs> to understand what life means and where it's going, a manual for living. I got my manual. We're going to talk about how you can get free copies of the manual on the internet. You can get free daily schedules for reading the Bible in a year or twice through the year, or how to read the Bible through in 30 days, or read the Bible through in 90 days. I believe everybody needs to read the Bible every year. Get a macro view. Get a big picture of what God is saying in his word to wash your mind, because culture isn't washing your mind. It's washing it with something else. But it's not washing it with the word, which will allow you to have a successful journey. So the, the Message Bible calls it a manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair, to teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp on reality. Young people, reality is not exactly just what you see around you, but there's a reality of what's really up, and that's what God says. There's something here also for seasoned men and women, still a thing or two for the experience to learn. Fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate the rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. Start with God. We're going to be looking over the next five weeks about various relationships we'll have and, and give you tools how to, how to implement those. So 
I, I want to start by saying I recommend that we all come back for every session so that we can get all the tools because today we're going to start with tool number one and that is to start with God. Start with God. Everything must start with God if we're going to have thriving lives and thriving relationships. The starting ground must be God. I like to make a statement and then I like to take the opposite perspective because see, you can, you can say, I'm not starting with God. And you can start out like a house of fire and, 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 and it looks like, boy, you're just, you're just getting your way. Th those are called the shortcuts. I'm not going to trust the Lord with all my heart. I'm, I'm my own man. Me and my partners, we've got our thing going down. I'm going to, you know, I'm the admiral of my own destiny, captain of my ship. You know, or like if you're in Texas, you say, here, hold my blue ribbon and watch this. There's always going to be a calamity that follows that. Yeah. Now, I've had many people tell me, as they're falling from the 12th floor, they pass the 9th floor saying, so far, so good. <laughs> hey, nothing bad's happened to me. Look, you know. And you're going, but you're not living by God's, God's pr principles. Well, I don't need to, because look how good my life's going. Fud. And they get a slight rebound, because even a dead cat will bounce up a little bit if it falls far enough. Just had to get a cat joke in there. Okay. Splat! I want to tell you something. I love you too much for that. You may not even like me, but I love you enough. I don't want you to do that with life. Crazy. Start with God. God sees around corners. I can't see my future. The America that I look at today looks completely different than what I thought in 1968, the summer of love, when I was 13. Looks a lot different than in 1980. And then the year 2000, we were afraid all computers were going to die with Y2K. And it looks completely different. America has changed even in five years, meteorically fast. If I could not have predicted culture change at this fast, I probably need eyes that can see around corners because mine don't. That's why I believe that we need to put God first in everything. That's the beginning of wisdom according to uh, Proverbs. Now, let's look at five areas where we need to start with God. First is every day, okay? Every day, we're going to be engaging relationships. Every day, we're going to be dealing with things like money and bills. And we're going to be dealing with mental health issues. How many of you know we all deal with mental health issues? From the point of like, just don't worry, be happy, to why you don't kill your children. Okay? We all deal with mental health issues. We all deal with attitude issues. And, 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 and am I going to be happy? And am I going to be fruitful today? Or am I going to wake up and go, man, just another day. I, I believe that we need to wake up. And before we get out of bed, we need to begin to frame our song to God. We need to begin to whisper to God and tell him we love him. And invite his presence. Because I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm somewhat on the bipolar edge. Life for me is like one big giant roller coaster. It's either, wee, ah! It's either I'm going down and terrified or, okay, this is easy. 
And I need to be stabilized by God. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it said, it said uh, this, that seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Wow. Lamentations 3, uh, 22 and 3 says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. It's, it's so easy. If you blow by the morning time to meet with the Lord, and, and then, then three days later you say, I think, I think I've accrued a three days of mercies. He goes, no, no, no. Like manna, I give you manna every day. The manna that you didn't eat is lost. Hello? The peace that you didn't have. Can you imagine just being on a tear for three days, just chewing out your family, getting fired from work? <laughs> and like, okay, oops. I think we should do oops before we do a lot of weird things. How do we do that? By starting every day with God. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I need your guidance today. Thank you, Father, for your tender mercies. Uh, one time I discovered that I was still battling depression. This is kind of anecdotal. I was still battling depression even though I'm, I'm midway through Bible college and, and my father suffered uh, dreadfully with uh, depression. And, uh, and, and I was feeling like, how do I really get free of this? And I felt that the Lord told me that I was to do a catechism every day. That I was to wake up and, I, and here was my prayer that I repeated day after day after day. And finally one day the depression left me and never came back. I said, today is the day, Lord, that you have made. I put my full trust in Jesus. He is the agent and broker of my salvation. I put my trust completely in Jesus. I do not even trust myself. This is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And so I would start my day with that. The next day I'd wake up. Because it's kind of weird to be deep in Bible study, deep in, 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 in acquiring knowledge of how to lead a congregation and feed the sheep and all this. And you yourself are like tormented. Why am I alive? When I talk on depression, man, I feel a lot of people and I can feel their hearts connecting with me. It's bigger than we might imagine in our society. And I found that my catechism that was directed by the Holy Spirit worked. I began to realize my salvation's of the Lord. He chose me. I cast my cares on him. I cast my life, my trust, my eternal destiny on Jesus. I'm not looking for the best of the best gods. I'm looking at the only God there is, Father God and his son Jesus. And I found that by doing that every day, that one day I woke up and Mr. Blue didn't come to talk to me. And I've been able to help a lot of people overcome depression. You won't do it by intermittently. Boy, I've just had three weeks of depression and then I got up there and I did it one day, Pastor Steve, and then the next day it was back. Come on now, it's like a bad old dog. You've been feeding it for a long time. You even gave it a name and it's been laying on your porch. It thinks it's home there. You've got to then serve notice. We're done. This date's over. 
This relationship is over because I'm starting every day with the Lord. I need the fresh mercies from God. Your mercies are renewed every day. Second thing we need to do is to, to consider and honor God with every dollar. Every dollar that comes across our hands, we need to start with giving to God. We believe and we teach from the Bible the principle of tithing. To give God the first 10% of all our money. I found that this has been uh, so perfect in my life that, that the 10% I've given to God, returning to him that portion which he claims is his own, um, what, what happens when you start tithing? All of a sudden you get more disciplined because you, you go, well man, if I've got 10% out of my wallet, that's gone. And then all of a sudden you start finding all the stupid, wasteful things you're doing. And you start tidying those up. And then you start realizing that, man, there's like more and more that begins to happen. I began to find better deals at the store. I buy my cars at a better price. I buy my house or the place. Or This thing happens in job changes and increases and things happen because tithing is a principle that's based on honor. It's a heart test. Who will you honor highest with your money? Do you honor uh, your mortgage? And in, 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 in 330 North Barnburg, do I trust? Do I, do I make my house a higher point of honor? Or the one who's the one that's given me the ability to make wealth, to create wealth? Do we honor American Express or a gas bill first? Or, or God first? When he is the one you honor first, this investment will reveal your heart. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. We've been having a crazy thing that goes on around here and that is that people are just grabbing needs. You know, an example and... I, I, won't, I won't embarrass the person who gave was, you know, the little CYM van had a, had a crack across it. And so it, the, the van drove well, but it, it's kind of funky. You know, you, you drive and a rock hits the van thing, just spiders across. And, and so Cody works at uh, Safe Light and he said, hey, I can get, get a great deal for the church for the van. And one guy said, I'll, I'll pay it. Someone came to me today and said, hey, I want to pick up uh, recycle uh, bins. I'll take care of it so that we can, now that uh, cans are like 10 cents and the little uh, soft drink and the water bottles are 10 cents. So someone just said, I'll just go pick those up. Wow. Isn't that neat community? Yeah. Yeah. Where we just, we, just, we just meet needs and we don't make a big deal. I've had over the years people say, hey, I want you to give so-and-so $200 here. I hear they have a need. Don't tell them who gave it. One person gave $100,000 and said, I don't want to take credit for this. We have a girl's house because of that. Yeah. How does that get in you? Because it starts from honoring God first. Yeah. Honor him with your day, honor him with your dollar. Matthew chapter 6, 23 says, wherever your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will be also. I'm really crazy about God's house. I think this is the best therapy group in, in town. Because we all come and we bring our dysfunction, but we, we, we don't take the fun out of dysfunction. How of you know that while we're crazy and loony, 
and suffer with mental illness? That's just last week for me. Why not have fun while we change? While we overcome the, the ghost and the torments of the past and my roommates and my profs at college, they didn't know that there was a desperate guy getting up every day and saying, this is the day that you have made. I declare that Jesus is the full broker and agent of my salvation. And I will trust only in the name of Jesus. This is the day that you have made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. They didn't know. I don't know the struggle you're going through, but I can tell you one thing. We do it better in community. Sometimes we, we kind of bear it alone, and, and maybe God hadn't told us to tell anybody. Maybe it's something he's working through you. But sometimes you just need someone to hold your hand and say, hey, I'm with you. But I find that, that it's not hard for me to just say, sweetheart, man, <laughs> Kim and I are on this thing. We want to increase our percentage of giving every year. We want to increase because, see, all my springs of joy are in you, Zion. All my springs of joy, everything majorly significant that's happened in my life, it happened because in the midst of brokenness, it was men and women of God that didn't reject me, that allowed me to get calibrated and find my way to the God that loves me more than anyone could ever. That's the motivation. Well, if I don't give, the church will go broke. Trust me, we've had many people have boycotted giving and we still flourish. But guess what? We get way too much money. We're going to go build a church in India. We're going to get involved with buying a building in La Paz because that's where they're at right now. Trust me, we can have a lot of fun together when our heart is saying, hey, I want my dollars. Every dollar, it's, 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 it's a decision that's a spiritual decision. Third one is every decision. Life is crazily full of difficult choices and constant decisions. Every decision must start with God. Where will you work? What school? What college will you attend? Are you being led by God into a, um, a journey, um, apprenticeship? Are you called to a Bible college? Are you wanting to be a senior pastor, a leader? Are you uh, wanting to express art? Does it require school? Does it, you know, everything that we need a decision. We need to say, God, I want you to be a part of that decision. We need to ask on every big decision, what is the spiritual impact of this decision? Well, you know, maybe you can get transferred to L.A. and you can make $50,000 more a year. Huh? It's all fine and good. What happens if your children are so disillusioned with the neighborhood and the change of life that suddenly you've got a couple of kids that are strung out on dope? How much does it cost for rehab? How much does it cost to see that just your choice of where you live can involve some crazy things happening to your family because you subjected them to a lot of different things? I'm not picking on LA. It could be anywhere. It could be Medford. I think we need to have assigned seating. God, where do you want me to live? What town? What neighborhood? God, I want to know if, if you want me to buy a home or you're wanting me to do this or that. Every decision is a spiritual decision. 
Don't go with your gut, go with God. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and tur turn away from evil. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. No more needed on that. We all, we all get that, don't we? It's so easy to be self-smart. We think we see, but we don't see around corners. We, we need God to say, hey, this is what... <laughs> Just a, 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 I had a great job at United Parcel Service, and I was top seniority back in the 70s. And I, I left it to go bind books at minimum wage with a Catholic monk who was a part of our church, and he was, and so I bound books with uh, Wenceslas Farlow at Bokpalan Budpan Jesus Christus bookbinding service for minimum wage when I was top wages at UPS. Why? Because I wanted to keep my goat skin turned in. I didn't want to get comfortable because I knew my destiny was not at UPS. It was to plant a church. And I spent a year with a monk, had a wonderful time in memory and great strawberry pie. And I stayed on the course that God had for me. Don't settle with something. If God's got you on a journey, stay, stay disciplined to say, Lord, what are you doing? I want to be a part of that. Number four is every disagreement. Start with God in every conflict, in every fight. We're going to be delving into this more in some of the other weeks that are following. So you've got to come back to get all of this about uh, problem resolving in, in, in fights. But let's just be honest. What separates us from the animal is the ability to, to uh, make a choice. Uh, when a tiger, uh, you know, gets mad at you, he has no reason to reconsider. He's not going to go, you know what, if I like roar real loud and maybe eat this guy, the other tigers could judge me. He's going to go over and eat you because he's an animal. But we're not animals, even though many people will act like animals. We have the ability to reason through. And the Holy Spirit wants us to have a spirit-controlled temperament. So we just don't like blast out at everybody that makes us mad. Proverbs 19.11 says, Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. I remember in the 60s, there was a little uh, poster that said, suppose they threw a war and no one came. How about someone tries to pick a fight with you and you just say, you know, yeah, I'll fight you. Go outside. I'll be out there in five minutes. If I don't show up, start without me. <laughs> and then hit the back door. Then the last one is every difficulty. When you get in a tough spot, a difficult situation, you must start with God. We misunderstand difficult times and situations if we don't start with God and seek him through it. In times of confusion, don't doubt God, seek God. Don't doubt him. One of the things that, that walking with, with Kim, my wife, is when, when things get really crazy, we just hold hands and I say, honey, it's so crazy, it's beyond what the devil's doing or just natural circumstance. God's doing something. Most of my problems started because of my prayer. God, make me a great Christian. Oh, really? So I'm going to grade on you because great Christians can take pressure. Shallow ones can't. 
You don't pray a prayer. Joseph's problem started when he started getting dreams from God. Then all of his problems happened. And so many times we don't understand that through difficulty, God's working a process which will actually bring to us the things that God's promised to us and has in store for us. Proverbs 17.3 says, Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Wow. My heart's being tested all the time. In finishing this, I want to say that you don't have to do any of this alone. I think it's so crazy. Proverbs 18.1 says that, that uh, he that seeks uh, to isolate himself uh, uh, rails or rages against sound judgment. I, I don't want to be a lone ranger. It's too crazy. Can I tell you what the danger of only thinking my own thoughts? It's mental incest. Mental incest is where there's no new thought in your brain. So, so my, my crazy thinking is breeding and creating new aberrant thoughts. When I get out into the community and someone tells me, you're thinking crazy, then I have a, an opportunity for change. And that's why we're here together. We're here to say, hey, let's all start with God, first thing. Let's all learn about relationships together. Let's do that in a safe place where maybe we do say something stupid, and, but it's among the brothers and sisters, and we don't just reject each other. We say, hey, let's work it out. You know, you kind of hurt me with what you said. Did you mean to? You did. Well, I need to think about that now a while. Anyway, <laughs> let's all stand up. Some next steps. Start with God. Apply these five areas in your life to begin with God. Number two, commit to being at the upcoming services in this series to learn the tools that help you <laughs> through all of your relationships. This is the tricky thing to get you to come back besides free donuts. Join a connect group and do your journey in community. Second week of... of, of uh, Small groups or connect groups as we call them. It's good to do them together. And then finally, read a proverb a day for the next 31 days. It's a great exercise. Some people do this throughout the year. They just, they have 30, 31 days uh, a month and they'll just read through the book of Proverbs every, every um, month, 12 times a year. But we're saying, hey, why don't we do it for the next 31 days? Hallelujah. Week after week, we give an opportunity for people to join God. And uh, a person might say, what does it mean to join God? Well, you know, coming to Jesus is, it's complex in all that God did for us, but it's simple in what we need to do for him. And that is that, that there's no solvent that can take away the stain of sin out of your life, except for the blood of Jesus. Jesus' blood can wash away your sins. Being better, promising to pay it forward, I'm going to try to be better, I'm going to give some energy to that, won't take away the sin. It's an indelible stain in your life and only the blood of the innocent God-man can wash it away. This is why I don't have hatred for other religions. I just know this one works. I'm not against 
you know, taking and throwing stones at Buddhism or Confucianism or Taoism or Transcendental Meditation. I just know that Christianity works because someone paid the debt I could never pay. And I put my faith in Jesus, as I told you, he's the full agent and broker of my eternal salvation. My only hope is in him because he paid the price to take away my sin. Now, how do you join God? It's not a pledge that you'll never be tempted again. It's not a pledge that you'll never sin again. What it is, it's an appeal to say, God, I, I, I want to receive you. I don't want to be married to you. I want to have you in my life for eternity. If you will forgive me, I'll provide the sinner, Lord. You provide the righteousness. Lord, I've failed and I, I want new life in you. And I, I want to join you. And if you will join God, he'll join you. It's that simple. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Right now, step on out. If you're one of those people say, you know what, I think I'd like to join God. We want to pray with you. And then the team will take you and give you some instructions on how to walk with God. We also have growth track after service every week, this week included, where we'll be talking to you about walking with God and more instruction. If you're here and you say, I'd like to join God, come on down. Come on down. Come on down. You can be young, you can be teenage, you can be old, but we're, we're just signing up to join God because he's done everything he can do to join us, amen? How many of you like that? That he, he, he paid it all. We just come in and we just hand the, the faith credit card and it's on the, on the credit of Jesus Christ. He's the one that paid it all. Thank you guys. Thanks for making this beautiful decision. Maybe, maybe you're here and you say, you know, Pastor, I, I think I'm still a Christian, but I haven't been walking with God. Come on down. Re, re, reaffirm your faith and just say, you know what? I'm kind of happy that I just want to walk with God. I just want to make sure that it's all cooking and it's all good. We just want to do that. Just keep our faith strong in God. The Lord's forgiveness is so great. He's not trying to keep record of every. He's trying to cleanse you, and it, and it piles on us when we don't we don't keep it uh, keep it real and keep it fresh in God by our faith in Him. Just pray with me as I pray this prayer, dear Father. I thank you for what you have done. As the Bible says, salvation is of the Lord. It's you who desired to save us. It's not the construction of man. It couldn't have been manufactured by man because it required the blood of the Son of God, which was determined before we were ever created. Dear God, I lift up my heart to you. You know my sins. You've known my desires. You've known the good and the bad in my life, and yet you love me. You've done everything to provide forgiveness and a promise to give me your Holy Spirit. I come today, Father, to take you at your word. You said that whoever would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. I'm calling on your name today. 
you also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall not be ashamed. Take away the shame out of my life. If you'll be my God, I'll be your servant. If you'll be my father, I'll be your child. I receive you today, dear Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.